BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button so you get all of our content as soon as it comes in before floor, an hour before every game, and post up 5R as soon as the game ends. Also, Dono Daily every single day of the week. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. That's five reasonsports.com. Get the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others, not just again on the heat, but also on the Dolphins, the Canes, pretty much everything that goes on in South Florida sports. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We're mentioning this one uh, because if you're looking for a place to watch the, well, a heat game or the national championship game coming up on Monday night, Go check out City Cigar Lounge. It's in downtown Miami. It's right down the street from FTX Arena. Seriously, right, literally right down the street. Okay. And you can actually park at City Cigar Lounge uh, for just 10 bucks and then go to the arena from there. That might be a good way to get there. Uh, But check it out. They've got more than 350 different types of premium liquor, including scotches, bourbons, whiskeys, and tequila. More than 50 different types of premium cigars. They got large, comfortable leather chairs in a very classy environment. It's a small place, but it doesn't feel like it. Um, It feels open. Uh, it's just a cool spot. And they got a great little food menu, happy hour and game specials. And yes, on Monday, they're going to have a function for the championship game. I think our, our friend Courtney Fallon's going to be out there as well. And maybe some of us from the five reasons sports network. So check it out. It's city cigar lounge in downtown Miami, real close to FTX arena. This should be your new pregame spot, your in-game spot, your post-game spot. Uh, they stay open most nights till midnight. So check them out city cigar lounge. You can also find them on Instagram. And you can check out citycigarlounge.com. And now, today's episode. Down to this gang. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop in one hand. Impact we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I'm actually up in Chicago. It was a practice earlier today over at University of Illinois, Chicago. I haven't covered a practice there since the big three era. That's where they used to practice when they were up here playing against the Bulls. So that goes all the way back to 2011. 
A little bit of a different scene today. Uh, Players were in a little bit of a hurry to get out. Um, You know, they've got a a back-to-back coming up. Didn't get a chance to talk to Jimmy Butler. Uh, Bam was kind of the last one on the floor, so most of us uh, were on to other things by then, uh, as was Tyler, uh, but did get a chance to to talk to Eric Spolster on the side for a little bit, which is something that one of the reasons I like getting out on the road because you get a little more time, particularly now that the locker rooms are not open (laughs) home or road. Um, and also got a chance to talk to uh, Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, uh, Caleb Martin, who one bit of news I can give you is that Caleb uh, is likely going to play on Saturday night against the Bulls. And even though Gabe and Max were also listed as questionable, I'm expecting both of them to play too. Um, but Greg, what I'm going to get to tonight, I want to frame this as we've got five games left here in the season. They've got, they're all against the Eastern Conference. And right now, I tweeted this today, and then I'll get into some of the stuff that I talked to Spolster about. Right now, they could play any of the other nine teams in the first round, like literally any of them. Like they could slide to four or five and play Milwaukee in the first round. Now, that would require both teams not winning a whole lot the rest of the way, but that could be the four or five matchup. They could also play Boston still in a number of different seedings, they could play Philadelphia. Uh, they could play. We, of course, we know they could play Brooklyn. They could play Chicago. They could play Charlotte out of a play-in situation. Charlotte gets Gordon Hayward back and they've been playing well. They could play Atlanta. They've been playing well. They could play Cleveland. They haven't been playing well. They could play Toronto. They could play any of these teams. Okay. In the, I mean, and and when I asked Eric Spolster about it today, I said, are you prepping for all these teams? Like, what are you doing? because he used to be the guy who had to do it. Um, If you go back to the 2004 season, he talks about that a lot. The last day of the year, they didn't know who they were going to play. That was like three or four teams. This is nine. It's going to, it probably will settle out here in the next couple of days. And he just looked at his guys, like uh, his video guys and others who were there in the gym at the time. He looks up and he laughs and he goes, no, they're going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it, but just, I mean, the uncertainty of the season, like, I I mean, what should they, they come into it in in the pole position, but I mean, they could slip out of the pole position. It's true. Uh, The league has to love this, right? The fact that there's so much uncertainty, like it makes these last five games collectively around the league. I was watching games last night where you could tell the intensity level has increased. um, And, and that's fun. Like the, the, the Milwaukee Brooklyn game was awesome last night. You know what I mean? Uh, And that's really the team I'm watching though. Like, honestly, I, with Boston and Philadelphia being two and two and a half games back respectively from Miami, like with five left, I, I don't think that they're going to catch them particularly with some of the tiebreaker stuff that goes on. It's really the Milwaukee matchup, Milwaukee sitting a bunch of guys against the Clippers tonight. So I, I really feel like to your point, Miami is in the pole position in the one seed. Now, obviously you lose to Chicago and Toronto in a back-to-back things change very fast in this league. I totally get that, but something about that Celtics win felt like it was solidifying things that they needed to see go right and so I'm expecting them to be really competitive in the next two. And if they get one of the next two and then close up shop on the remaining, you know, uh, schedule, they're going to be in good shape for that one seed. Well, let's look at these games. All right. So you're playing against uh, essentially four teams that are in the mix and one team in the last game of the year, Orlando, that is decidedly not. Okay. So, I mean, you would assume, I know that they've struggled against Orlando over the years, but this is not the same Orlando team. There's no Fournier. There's no Vucevic. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not the same group that you had before. They won't be playing for anything. I mean, I would assume that's a win unless Miami is actively trying to lose it. Like, I mean, that really, I mean, that's where you're at. And, and there have been last games of the year 
I remember uh, Michael Beasley playing like 40 minutes in the last game of the year. There have been against Philadelphia. There have been games that it appeared that they were actively trying to lose. Uh, although the Heat will always deny that. I always point back to uh, an argument I got with somebody I'm still friendly with inside the Heat organization uh, who was very pissed at a column I wrote back in 2000, 2003, end of the season. Uh, when I Toronto, wrote a, I bet, right? Toronto, when I wrote a column that the Heat were going to try to lose this game because they were trying to get up as high as they could in the draft. And of course they won the game. They didn't really want to win the game. They ended up falling behind Toronto in the lottery uh, positioning. So they had to settle for Dwayne Wade instead of Chris Bosh as things turned out. But I, look, they're not going to lose the Orlando game unless they want to lose it. But you look at the other four. Okay. You've got a Chicago team that showed some fight uh, as we speak here last night with DeRozan having a big game. They've been struggling, but Alex Caruso's back. That's helped them. They may get ball back at some point. It's a tough place to play on a Saturday night. Uh, Jimmy always plays well against Chicago since he's left. Uh, he, he has his best points per game against Chicago uh, of any team since he's left. But, you know, look, things can happen in that building. It's a, that's a tough place to play, although there are some that think there may be as many Heat fans as Bulls fans there on Saturday night. Then you go into Toronto. Talk to Kyle Lowry about that today. That's going to be emotional for him. Um, yep. It's going to be a good crowd in Toronto. It's a Sunday night. Uh, they are going to be into it. And, you know, he's going to get, he's not going to get a LeBron or Bosch situation. He's going to get a lot of love, but still, you don't know exactly how the heat are going to react to that. It's not like, you know, win one for our brother, like, like they said before, you know, the game in Cleveland or the game in Toronto with LeBron and Bosch going back for the first time, their brother's going to feel love. And we talked to Kyle about that today. And as he said, Nick nurse ain't going to let me do shit. Okay. Cause he's going to have a plan for him. So we'll see how that goes. That's a tough one. Then you get Atlanta and Charlotte teams that are fighting, for play-in positioning right now, I don't think either of them can get out of the play-in, but they're fighting for play-in positioning. And we know that both of those teams have the capability to shoot the ball well, uh, you know, with it, with a Trey Young. Gordon Hayward's coming back. Uh, we know, obviously, LaMelo Ball has not played well against Miami this year, but he could still be a factor. Bridges is a good player. And, you know, you could drop one of those two. So this is, Greg, and then after the break, I'll get into some of the stuff I talked to Spolstra specifically about. But this is not an easy slate. I mean, it's not it's not the no. most difficult, but it's challenging enough that, that we should get a pulse on where they're at. No team, including Orlando, because Orlando is doing that thing where there are a bunch of young guys that are trying to, you know, like get their stats up and play as well as possible to end a season. They're a total spoiler team. None of these games are going to be easy to me. This this boils down to more about watching what Milwaukee does. I mean, it was announced this afternoon that uh, Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, all of them are sitting out against the Clippers tonight. But um, so are all the Clippers. That's and the other so thing. are all the Clippers. Yeah. So right. like those are going to be those wild card games where we're not going to know which way they go. In the event that Milwaukee drops a couple of those, the Heat will have enough of a cushion where then maybe the, the competitiveness that Atlanta and Charlotte is playing with to try to get themselves in their seating um uh could give miami fits you know what i mean uh but so i think that it just that's the variable and to your back to the main point of this whole thing i think it's really what the nba wanted the playing tournaments going nowhere i have a a feeling that this is something that they may expand upon in ways because it's allowed for now you have legitimately 10 11 teams in each conference that feel like they, they can actually take a shot at something I actually talked to Spolster about that today. Uh, he likes it. You know, I, 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 you know, and he said, basically, you know, it's kept things interesting for a lot of these teams. He says to not be in a play-in situation, you pretty much have to be awful. 
And then I said, yeah, almost intentionally awful, right? Like you, you have to be trying not to be in the mix. I, I think what we've seen, and, and he and I were chatting about this, you really will always have about 11 teams in the mix. I, I think once you're sort of out of, you always have sort of that fighting for that 11, 10, try to get in 12 through 15, you see the teams start to fade towards the end. But we're seeing that now this time, there really aren't 11 in the East. Washington's already been eliminated, so it is the 10. But in the West, Spurs are still sort of nipping at the, at the Lakers, uh, you know, at 11 and 10. And, you know, Portland might have been if they hadn't gutted the whole thing, but they're at 12 or if Lillard had come back. So I, you're always going to be looking, I think, at 10 or 11. But he likes it from a competitive standpoint. Um, I think, you know, again, the challenges of all these teams are completely different. But we've seen ebbs and flows. I, I said halfway through the year, I thought Atlanta would be a factor by the end of the year. They have been a very streaky team the past couple of years. When they have it going, they're really good. When they don't, they don't defend at all. Charlotte, I did radio shows with them up there before they played the Heat, and they gave up on that team this year. And they've done a good job. Borrego's done a good job kind of keeping them in the mix when people thought that they were gonna, he was going to get fired. And then Cleveland, you look at a team like Cleveland that you know we all sort of rated uh, you know not very highly before the year they had a great run but then just pretty much everybody's gotten hurt and that's the thing so a lot of it is about health at this time of the year and we'll get more into the matchups as we go i do want to get uh with greg here to some of the stuff i talked to eric about uh, which i think people will find interesting we did put some of this on or i did put some of this on our off the floor feed today so i hope you guys are subscribed because you know i'll eventually get to all of it on the podcast but it might be hours later days later same with Greg. When we have information, we're going to put it there first. Okay. People who are, are supporting us from a subscriber community, we'll put it there first. We'll get it to everybody else, but um, that's where we're going to go immediately. So five, uh, five reasons sports uh, Twitter is where you'll find uh, the link. And I put it up there regularly. And I think one of these days I'm going to put it up as my pinned tweet here. So it's, it's my e pinned tweet. It's easier to find. It's Greg's pinned tweet. So he's doing the right thing there. Do you want to tell you about our product code though? And you can use these for three different products, we've got our Manscaped code uh, active again, 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN for all of, uh, well, look, the cologne, the, the razors, you get all that stuff and manscaped.com. You get 20% off using the code 5RSN. That's our product code. Uh, I do. I am contractually obligated to say this now that we're back. Your balls and your body will thank you. Um, and also follow their Twitter account at manscaped.com, which is. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat.
much more creative about this stuff than I am. But go to manscaped.com, excuse me, at manscaped. Uh, go to manscaped.com. Again, use the code 5RSN. You get 20% off. Check out everything they have. And, and they all, also, they send you free stuff. Like once you're on their subscriber service, uh, you'll get a bunch of stuff you're not expecting in the mail. Also, therapistpreferred.com. All your premium CBD, the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies for sleep, for recovery, uh, whatever you need it for. Again, you're not going to fail drug tests with this stuff. Go to therapistpreferred.com. Use the code 5RSN. 25% off. And then if you're an endurance athlete or simply you sweat, um, you play tennis, you, you drink a lot of Gatorade. Okay. You want these people that needs to replenish your fluids all the time, go to get The product is called Salus. It tastes great. They give you eight little packets of the box. It's not expensive. And we're giving you an additional 10% off with the code five RSN. So again, the code five RSN, that's the number five RSN manscape.com therapistpreferred.com get all right. Here's uh, I, I wanted to, to talk to Eric. And again, sometimes I used to get these opportunities a lot uh, at practices at home when I used to cover a lot of practices. And when the Heat used to practice all the time, they don't. They've had like six home practices the whole year. So it's really shoot arounds and road practices. And there aren't even a lot of those. They're not even shooting around tomorrow. Um, he's giving them the morning off uh, to just and they'll probably just uh, do a walkthrough in the hotel. But I did get to pull him aside a little bit. And, and I wanted to get a little bit deeper into the rotation stuff. And I think what made me feel good about this is uh, I kind of shared with him some of the stuff we've talked about on the podcast and he kind of, and he, he sort of did this the other night when he made the changes initially against Sacramento and, and Alex and I asked the questions and, and others asked questions afterwards, but he kind of confirmed everything we were talking about. Um, it really was not about the starting lineup. Let, let, let me start here. He told me that he was planning to look at some of these things as early as January but they were never healthy. So he kept waiting for the team to get entirely healthy to see what it looked like as it was, but he never got that chance. And so by the time that guys came back, it was sort of force feeding and he didn't use any specific names. Okay. He's not going to do that, but we all know it was, it was getting Oladipo and Morris back into the mix. And we all know, and I've reported this, that, you know, there were conversations that were had with some of the leaders of the team, Lowry, Butler, Bam, uh, especially, I think if, particularly the first two um, to, you know, about spacing and about kind of going uh, the way Eric put it with me today without naming anybody in a negative way was we wanted to go back to what was working, but at the same time, go back to what was working, but add a couple of tweaks to it so that he could get to the layers to get to more spacing. So what was working? Well, what was working was, and I talked to Gabe for a while today, uh, about just his shooting and, you know, why his shooting went down. And he kind of intimated it was a rhythm thing, which implies being in and out of the rotation. Uh, he also said, you're not going to shoot 40% every month, which I, from three, which is true, but he kind of, you know, what was working was, was guy hungry guys like Max and Caleb and Gabe playing. And in a lot of times playing together. And when you started reinserting other guys, that wasn't happening as much. So that was the first thing. Um, and so, but, but he didn't want, it, it was, it, I guess what, what I'm trying to say, it was hard to go back to what was working without seeing everybody else come in first. Okay. And giving that an opportunity. And he said, he used the word to me, I wanted to give things a chance. So I feel like it was given a chance and then it's like, okay, let's go back to Max and Caleb and Gabe. And then it becomes, okay, how do you, how do you integrate them? And a couple of things here. Number one, he said nothing negative to me about Duncan Robinson. I mean, I asked him in the group about Max Struess's defense, and he talked about how Max 
has become a very good off the ball kind of defender, weak side defender, particularly with his rebounding. I think that matters his physicality away from the ball. And we've seen that and we've seen him, you know, take the charges and all that stuff, but it's also the box outs, the clear outs. Those are things that Duncan, who I think maybe a better um, just straight up positional defender, maybe even a better one-on-one defender is not Greg as, as adept at that. He doesn't have the physical, he doesn't play with the physicality that Max does. So I think that's part of it. But really the bigger thing was I, I said to him, I said, well, everybody talks about space. So we didn't think that you would make a lineup change necessarily because of the space that Duncan created at the two. And I kind of answered the question for him. I said, but there are other ways to create space and other layers of ways to create space. And that Greg is what he's trying to get at. It was creating space beyond the starting lineup and the way that the rotations were before without having Duncan available to those second units or, or not being able to kind of clear Jimmy off the floor, maybe for Bam and Tyler, he couldn't create space for those other units. So it's, uh, that's what I keep saying. It's not, it wasn't one move. Eric is always kind of thinking layer, layer, layer. Final thing I want to, well, two, two final things I want to get to in this one. This was not analytics driven. I thought it might've been, I've said that on podcast because Eric sees the analytics. They come to him. I said, Eric, were you aware that the changes you made brought you back to, or brought you two lineups or two man or three man combinations that have been better this season from a plus minus, you know, per hundred possession perspective. And he said, not really. He says, it's just feel, you know, cause I said, Bam and Tyler has been one of your best two man combinations. And he's like, well, that may be true, but I, I just like the way they play together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think it wasn't, it's not that I've always said he's, he, he looks at the numbers, but he's not really driven by the numbers. They're not the defining factor for him. And they weren't in this case. It just so happens that the moves he made based on his feel, knowing his team, what looked good to him, his quote unquote, eye test to quote our old friend Alf was consistent with what the numbers have shown this year but the numbers were not the driving force. It, it shows that he still has um, Riles DNA uh, because like this was very much like when you mentioned that to us uh, prior to the show, it felt like something Riley would say. And the other thing with Max Struess, I, I asked around um, and something that I thought was interesting that I heard from more than one person was that part of what they like about Max Struess particularly what certain players like about Max Struess in the lineup is like, he's a guy that if he gets punked during a game, he will go at the guy Mm -hmm. who punked him. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's an element of that. And I don't know how to articulate it or quantify it in basketball statistical terms, but there's something about that demeanor that jives with the guys in the first unit. And, um, and I think that they wanted a guy that had a little more versatility, you know, you just see he, he catches that lob from Kyle in traffic. Like that's just stuff that Duncan doesn't necessarily do. So I think that to your point though, it's all a domino effect. That move was not as much about the starting lineup as it was about balancing the rotation and preparing this team to be as close to a well-oiled machine as you can, as they tried to obviously integrate guys too late in the season, but they had to give that a shot. They had to approach with due diligence and see what Depot looked like, see what Keith looked like. And you may see them in spurts still, mm-hmm. 
but I think we've kind of landed on the guys that Spo trusts here. And I don't think he wanted to do it this late. Like I said, I, I his plan was to try this in January, or February. But a couple of things you hit on, which we've also talked about throughout the, the year on this podcast, that Max Struess is more of an alpha personality than Duncan Robinson. And that that starting lineup has three definitive alphas in it in, in PJ, uh, Jimmy and Kyle. And so it is a more natural fit to put the, the you know, you were basically putting Duncan in there for Bam. But then Bam was, as we've discussed, over reliant on Duncan, which sometimes made him passive in his own way. So that's another element to this. The other thing I do want to make clear, too, is this isn't it. And I've said this also, that there's other moves. And Eric said to me, this isn't all that we could look at doing, but this is what we wanted to look at for now. Just keep that in your pocket, because we've talked about the possibility of maybe a Tyler Hero going into the starting lineup, maybe in a, I don't know, a deciding game situation. Maybe it doesn't happen in the first round of the playoffs. You know, but or first game of the playoffs, so maybe it happens with your back against the wall, right? If particularly if Max isn't shooting well, maybe it's Gabe Benson to the starting lineup. Maybe it's Caleb Martin to the starting lineup in certain situations. I mean, you could look at that. I, I also think, uh, you know, one other thing I got into with Eric a little bit was the idea of you know the Eastern Conference, and I said, do you think teams are going to size down or size up? And he think he said, well, I think it depends on the opponent. But he did talk specifically about Milwaukee. He said they've been playing big. He says they're big when Giannis plays next to Brooke, and they've been playing some with Giannis, Portis, and Brooke together. So when I asked Eric about the Memphis Grizzlies, because I was just shooting the bleep, okay, and I said, you know, how, did, how have they done that? Like, we just started talking about teams out west. I said, how are they? I said, it seems to me like the only team that knows exactly what they are right now is Phoenix, right? Like, that, they know what they are. And so we got into that and I said, but Memphis has been remarkable. I mean, 19 and two without Moran. Have you, and he says, I really haven't watched them. But then when we talked about when he, we started talking about the East, he's watched Milwaukee <laughs> because yep. he brought up Milwaukee right away. Okay. And, and so, you know, they, they're watching Milwaukee. He talked about Brooklyn and how, how they can go. He said against Philadelphia, you kind of have to play big because whenever Embiid's out there, you're, you're playing big. So again, we've talked about this being a little bit matchup dependent with some of the guys. And that's why I, you know, I think we could call this lineup changes and this rotation change he's made semi-permanent, but it's not permanent. I, I think it's what he wants. He would like to start with this as the template, but I think that he could go beyond this template now and look at something else. No coincidence too. Brady, our guy Brady has hit on this completely. Hero in for Butler. Okay, each of the last two games, Spolstra smiled when I asked him about that. And I said, in the first two plays, Tyler went to Bam, right? He smiled after we said that. Brady picked that out immediately. The first play call when Tyler goes in the game is to get Bam involved. And I, I said, you know, I said again, the numbers of the two of them, he says, well, I just think they play well together. But again, that's the future, Hero and Bam. And so clearing that out for the two of them, uh, is another thing to look at. I don't know if you have any final thoughts, but I, I just think a lot of it was confirmation of stuff we've discussed, which makes us me feel good that we've all kind of been kind of on board with all this. But also, I just want to be clear to listeners: it, it may change again. It may it may change again. I don't. I think that it, it, a matchup dependent, performance dependent, uh, combination dependent, confidence dependent. Um, they know that to win this conference, they have to be at peak level that there's not going to be an easy series against anybody. 
And so that's why I think he has to be more flexible, as he always says, you know, adapt or die. Listen, it's April 1st, y'all. Let's take us all the way back to around October 1st. If we said with five games remaining, the Heat control their own destiny for the one seed and they were going to have some tough games, but you would take this scenario, right? Like, so ultimately, uh, I think that this end of the season run, um, you're right. Like the beauty of this particular team is that they have essentially the four core guys they're going to start. And that fifth guy, they trust a lot more people than we were talking about back on October 1st. So I just think that that's huge for the team now is that there's multiple guys that can get into this mix and play. I wouldn't be surprised if Caleb Martin were to get inserted in a certain series, et cetera. So um, all good things. And uh, I hope they get that game in Chicago because if they get the Chicago game, there's a couple tough ones coming up for Philadelphia. Um, I think that they can create enough separation and clinch that one seed before uh, the, the Orlando game. That's the goal. All right. That's going to be it from here. We're going to come to you from Chicago. I'll be on. I'll pop on at some point on Saturday, I'm sure, from the arena. Greg will be with you. And then obviously they play Toronto on Sunday. Check out our sponsor, City Cigar Lounge. And they're going to have a little function on Monday for the national championship game. We'll see who won, who makes that one. Uh, and also, of course, use our product code 5RSN at manscaped.com, therapistpreferred.com, and getsalus.com to get your discounts. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.